his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. It's 9.30 in 716. A stunning fall from grace. I'm absolutely stunned by it. It kind of rivaled, actually, it beat the Elliot Spitzer thing. Well, I think that he's pretty, pretty much uh, admitted some kind of conduct, the question will be whether or not it's consensual. You know, the old uh, term AG stands for aspiring governor. I'm Tim Wenger on the podcast powered by the Brothers of Mercy, a five-star rated skilled nursing residence offering affordable living in a country setting. New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman resignation effective at the end of Tuesday after four women launched assault allegations against him in an article in the New Yorker magazine Monday. Two of the women, both former girlfriends, went on the record saying that Schneiderman often got drunk and then slapped and choked them, leaving marks and using demeaning language. Schneiderman first issued a statement Monday night denying the assault charges, but admitting that he had, quote, engaged in role-playing and other consensual sexual activity before announcing he would be stepping down. This happened when they were fully clothed in many cases, uh, not in a context where they gave any suggestion of consent. New Yorker author Ronan Farrow says that's not what the women claim happened. These women, one after another, were adamant. This is not Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, this was not in an area of gray at all in their mind. This was assault. Farrow says the women deny there was anything consensual about it. In one case, this wasn't in a relationship at all. A prominent attorney uh, who spoke to me said very clearly, uh, you know, he just came onto her uh, at an event. Uh, and when she rebuffed him, he began calling her uh, some really horrific epithets and slapped her across the face. Uh, uh, more than one time to the point where it left a mark. And we looked at that picture, and I, I'll tell you, it was upsetting to see. In-depth insight and analysis now, first from Albany. Oh, I think, you know, it's the biggest bombshell we've had in a decade. Ken Lovett covers Albany for the New York Daily News. You know, the last time was when Elliot Spitzer was caught up in a call girl scandal and resigned as governor, and that was 10 years ago. This makes that look quaint. I mean, it was kind of stunning what was reported, what he's been accused of doing, and then the swiftness of everything. You know, the story came out late yesterday afternoon, and within hours, Schneiderman was gone. It was just really uh, fast-moving and, and stunning. Yeah, uh, Spitzer's downfall happened within, I think, a 48-hour period, and everybody thought that was fast. This was like lightning, right? It was, and you could see it coming because, first of all, given the political climate, given how uh, uh, supportive publicly Eric Schneiderman has been of the Me Too movement, how he went after Harvey Weinstein and you know came out in favor of uh, all the women who have come forward, 
Um, so, so there was the hypocrisy angle, but then once Governor Cuomo put out a statement saying he should resign, and then Assembly Speaker Carl Hastie and Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, the writing was on the wall, and I think it was for him as well. And he denies he did anything improper. He says it was all consensual, but he recognized that there's no way he could continue to leave the office. What will the State Assembly do going forward, do you think, to replace Schneiderman? Well, you know, there's a two-track thing going on, because first you have to replace him in the short term, which the term runs through January 1, you know, through the end of the year. Uh, so the Assembly will look. I mean, some of the names that have been out there are people like, uh, you know, State Senator Michael Aris and uh, State Senator Todd Kaminsky in Nassau County Dem. There's outsiders like Congresswoman Kathleen Rice and uh, Fordham Law Professor, you know, Zephyr Teachout, which I don't think the Assembly will do. But then the other thing is you've got to watch out for is that in a couple of weeks, May 23rd, the state Democrats are set to nominate their candidate for attorney general. It's easily going to be Schneiderman. So they're going to have to come up with a candidate who they want to run in November. And that candidate is likely going to face a primary in September. So, you know, we may have an interim and then uh, a primary and then the election in November. Meanwhile, the Republicans, they had a guy, Manny Alejandro, who announced he was running yesterday, a little-known guy. But you may see more prominent people now with Schneiderman gone get into the race. What about Preet Bharara? Have you heard that name? And what about Kathy Hochul from Western New York? Well, Preparara's name is out there. I think that's more wishful thinking on a lot of people's part. First of all, I, I, I think there's no way the legislature who Barara really went after is going to appoint him uh, in the interim. Um, and he doesn't have a political machine to get up and running to uh, to run for office. So I, I think it's a fun name to put out there, but I don't think that's real. Hochul, who knows? I mean, it's obvious that uh, Cuomo would like to see her off the ticket. He'd like someone else as lieutenant governor. But um, whether that will happen remains to be seen. You expect whoever's nominated by uh, the Assembly to also be on the ballot in November? It's not, necess- not necessarily. Now, the person may try, but the last time we had uh, an interim attorney general, it was a guy, Oliver Capel, who was appointed, and he ran, but he was primaried uh, by uh, Karen Burstein, a lawyer, and Burstein won, and she ended up losing the election to Dennis Vaco. Uh, that was back in 94. So, uh, I, you know, just because you get it for... The interim appointment doesn't mean you're going to be the nominee come November. Do you find it kind of stunning, Ken, to see? Hey, do you uh, have any idea what the state is of uh, a lot of these lawsuits going forward that Schneiderman brought forth? Um, They would move on with somebody else at the helm. Um, Might some of them just be dropped, though, because uh, the guy behind them uh, won't be there anymore? Well, we're going to see. I mean, he's brought a ton of lawsuits against uh, Donald Trump. You know, he's led a number of lawsuits against Donald Trump. We're going to see what happens there. The governor just asked him to look into the Manhattan district attorney uh, and their handling of uh, the Harvey Weinstein case. Uh, that hadn't really got up and running yet, so I don't know what happens there. There's, there, you know, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and uh, until they name a uh, an interim, and then how much power, how much uh, that interim will do, knowing that there's an election coming up, you know, again remains to be seen. Schneiderman had been interested in the governor's office, right? 
Yeah, you know, the, you know, the old uh, term AG stands for aspiring governor, and uh, certainly Elliot Spitzer was an AG, and uh, Andrew Cuomo was an AG, and Schneiderman was not going to challenge Cuomo. But uh, the thinking was, if this is Cuomo's last term, if he won, and if he and if he loses, that Schneiderman would try for it in four years. Uh, obviously, that's done. Close to home now. Some analysis. First, politically speaking, the job of attorney general is viewed as a pathway to the governor's mansion. I mean, the last two uh, attorney generals uh, became governors, Elliot Spitzer and now Andrew Cuomo. Canisius College political science professor and WBEN contributor Kevin Hardwick. Uh, so the, 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 the big question is, what happens now? Who takes that place? I think the dominoes are going to start falling pretty soon. Kevin, just react to the timeline last night. All of this unfolded within three hours. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it kind of rivaled, actually, it beat the Elliot Spitzer thing. Remember, the Spitzer thing came out in uh, 48 hours. He's no longer governor, or he, he announced his resignation. He actually took a week to re- actually resign, but he had that press conference. So, so this, uh, I think, sets the record. I mean, it was within a few hours of the allegation coming out uh, in The New Yorker that, uh, that uh, he's, he's out. Uh, what did you make of uh, parts of this article? And uh, one of the things toward the end of it that caught me kind of uh, kind of stuck out, uh, and I'll read the quote from the article in The New Yorker. Uh, After the former girlfriend ended the relationship, this is talking about one of the accusers, she told several friends about the abuse. A number of them advised her to keep the story to herself, arguing that Schneiderman was too valuable a politician for Democrats to lose. Well, it was kind of similar. I mean, it parallels what happened with Bill Clinton. At the time, uh, there were all these allegations coming out about Bill Clinton, and a number of uh, 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 key movers and shakers, if you will, in the uh, in the in the women's movement, uh, defended him or or didn't attack him the way they would have a, uh, a conservative Republican. So it you know it just goes to figure. But hire a guy that was you know saying he was a champion of women, an advocate for the Me Too movement. And it comes back to bite them. Yeah, in, incredible. Uh, again, the uh, uh, the hypocrisy, uh, you know, surprise. Two of the names that I've seen being kicked around so far, uh, both very familiar to people here in western New York, uh, Assemblyman Sean Ryan, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul. Uh, what do you think about those two names, and if there's any realistic possibility they could be in that seat, if even just for the short term? Well, I'll tell you, in a short-term basis, uh, the Democrats are going to control the appointment. It's a... It's done by a joint session. Remember when Alan Hevesy got in trouble, uh, Napoli was appointed by a joint session. Senate and Assembly get together. The, the intriguing name, of course, is Kathy Hochul. I mean, uh, Cuomo was apparently trying to get her off the ticket, have her run against Chris Collins. She kind of, you know, said no to that. Um, and, and for good reason. I mean, that would have been a tough race. Uh, i got to believe she's thinking long and hard about this one. I mean, again, Attorney General is a much better job than... Uh, uh, then uh, congressman, uh, you know, it's, like I said, it's uh, the last two attorney generals became governor. Uh, also, if she gets the nomination, uh, the Democratic nomination, she's the odds-on favorite to win. She would not be the odds-on favorite to beat Chris Collins in a Republican district. Uh, the uh, it's uh, it's it's very intriguing. Um, you know, she'd have to get the nomination. The Democratic convention is two weeks from Wednesday. It begins. Uh, everybody's scrambling. Uh, there's, uh, there, I'm sure there were a lot of people staying up late last night plotting their campaigns. You know, the other thing in all this, I just, I just checked the financial filings for Schneiderman. He's got $8.5 million in his campaign account as of January 15th. 
uh, wonder where that ends up. Uh, that's uh, I, I, I think that's you know one of many questions that people will be uh, sorting through in the next uh, couple weeks. What are, what's he obligated to do with that money? Well, uh, he can hang on to it for a long time. I mean, uh, you look at uh, people around here, uh, Tony Massiello, uh, former mayor of Buffalo, still has some money in his account. Joel Giambra, former county executive, still has a lot of money in his account. They can use it for things, um, you know, going to conferences, campaign contributions, campaign contributions, and campaign contributions. Uh, they can also give it to charity or give it to the party if they want, but most of them will hang on to it and use it for their own political purposes. The state's chief legal officer finds himself potentially on the wrong side of the law now. He's lawyered up. Well, it looks like there's going to be an investigation. Uh, That was the announcement from the governor's office. WBEN legal analyst Paul Cambria with Susan Rose and Brian Mazurowski. Uh, What would they be looking into is assault charges, and uh, the degree of assault charge would depend upon the degree of injury. So if there's simply physical injury, which can be anything, a black and blue mark, red mark, whatever, uh, it would be assault third, a misdemeanor. On the other hand, if it's serious, like a perforated eardrum or something like that, it could be a D felony, which carries seven years. So how difficult is it for charges to be pressed against somebody when uh, these women didn't initially go to police, and it is one of these things where it seems to be, at this point, his word against theirs. Well, I think that he's pretty, pretty much uh, admitted some kind of conduct. The question will be whether or not it's consensual. Uh, he uh, characterized it as so-called role play, which, uh, you know, bondage role play. Uh, indicated that he's admitting that there was physical contact uh, in the role play, basically. The question now will be whether or not it was consensual or, as the women have alleged, that it wasn't consensual. So, you know, that's a typical scenario in a criminal case. Was he being very careful in his statement last night by saying, I have not assaulted anyone, I never engaged in non-consensual sex? Uh, well, clearly, clearly that's going to be his defense. You know, we were we were together uh, doing this and role playing, and the role playing included, you know, slapping, hitting, or what have you. Uh, you know, that's that's the bondage uh, formula. What type of charges could be pressed against Schneiderman if that happens? Well, as I've indicated, either a misdemeanor uh, if it's simple physical injury, or a D felony if it's serious physical injury. And the one woman, at least, is claiming a perforated eardrum. That'd be enough to show serious physical injury. And there would be jail time with that. Well, that's up to a judge. The sentence could be anywhere from a conditional discharge, probation, uh, to time uh, in prison, sure. Have you had many run-ins with Eric Schneiderman? Well, sure. He's the principal... Uh, in the uh, Stephen Pigeon case, and I'm the defense, the defense lawyer in that case, and of course Pigeon has uh, uh, said openly, as have others, that uh, he felt that this was a personal kind of retribution on the part of Schneiderman to Pigeon for activities that they had in the past. Now that has been alleged in other cases that Schneiderman has brought forward. What do you see now happening to some of these cases that are just in the process without him at the helm? Well, I think it's uh, 
there isn't going to be any real change in the line prosecutors are handling the cases. The question is, a new attorney general may have a different attitude towards some of these cases. I mean, we've seen a lot of political cases. Uh, we saw the ones in Albany that involved Maziars and others. Uh, and, uh, you know, a new attorney general may have a different outlook as to whether those cases uh, should be maintained or how they should be handled. But these cases wouldn't necessarily start over. They would just proceed with someone else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and again, the line prosecutors are still the people who are actually in the courtroom, but it's the overall person who makes decisions uh, in the department that may have some impact on the cases. We'll see. I'm absolutely stunned by it. Former New York State Attorney General Dennis Vaca with WBEN. Um, you know, the, the not only the allegations, with which are deplorable uh, in themselves, but then the, the, the quickness, the, the, how, how quickly this moved uh, from the point of accusation, accusations to Schneiderman's resignation. And I guess that, you know, the, the rapidity of how quickly he gave up his office is a signal as to how strong the allegations were, how, how truthful uh, he knew them to be, and also the political pressure uh, put on a guy who, for a long time, in a somewhat of a hypocritical fashion now, in retrospect, put himself at the forefront of the Me Too movement, and now he finds himself to be, um, you know, one of the targets of the Me Too movement. So it, it, it's just a stunning, stunning development. You might remember uh, it was just 10 years ago in March that Elliot Spitzer had to resign in disgrace uh, for patronizing prostitutes when he was the governor. Uh, and here we are 10 years later, uh, one of his successors, indeed his uh, not his immediate successor, but a successor to that office, is caught up in the same type of uh, unfortunate uh, accusations. Now, before he resigned, he said that this was a, a personal situation, did not affect his position. As somebody who held that position before, I mean, is that at all possible for something like this to not impact your duties as Attorney General? Totally, totally debilitating, in my estimation, to the operation of the office and his ability to lead the office, uh, you know, especially given the prominent role, as I mentioned a few moments ago, that he placed himself in regarding the Me Too movement. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just, you know, the, the, the epitome of hypocrisy to be on the, the, the tip of the spear, but yet to be a, 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 an individual who's engaged in the very type of activities that you're publicly decrying. It, it totally would debilitate his ability to lead that office, uh, to be an effective leader, to, to have any more credibility, not only with the, the public and the press, but probably more importantly with his staff. We're speaking live with Attorney Dennis Vanko this morning about Eric Schneiderman. Uh, Dennis, Schneiderman in his statement was very careful to not admit to committing a crime. He says he did not admit to assault, but he, he said he never engaged in non-consensual sex. Do you think he'll face charges? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because uh, uh, that's the same thing that Harvey Weinstein is saying. And, they, you know, he's, he was leading the charge against Harvey Weinstein, including going after conducting an investigation. And this was a head-scratcher as far as I was concerned how the Attorney General of the State of New York had the authority to conduct an investigation of the District Attorney in New York County in Manhattan, uh, Cy Vance, because in Schneiderman's opinion, Cynthia Vance did not prosecute uh, Harvey Weinstein. So he now finds himself in a situation where he's using the same words that Harvey Weinstein used to defend his conduct and his actions, but that he was one of the chief 
a protagonist against Weinstein, and is so much so that he, he started an investigation against the DA. Now it's curious who the governor turns to. If the governor believes that an investigation into these acts is warranted, which district attorney does the governor turn to? Does he turn to Cy Vance? I don't know if there's any provision under the law for the appointment of a special prosecutor. There might be uh, under the executive law in the deep recesses of it, but it, it, it creates a, an in- interesting conundrum for Schneiderman, who once was a, an accuser, to now uh, himself potentially being a target. You mentioned some of the political pressures of that position. I mean, you've obviously followed uh, along with uh, Attorney General Schneiderman's uh, rise to this position, and he wasn't exactly looking to end at Attorney General either. He had higher aspirations, right? It's clear that, you know, he did have higher aspirations, whether it was the uh, the Capitol as a governor or, or one of the two uh, the New York State Senate positions. But at some level, I mentioned Spitzer a few moments ago, it's really the arrogance of power. I mean, I think that the general public has grown tired of elected officials who become so arrogant that they're disconnected from the real world. And it's that arrogance of power when it starts to permeate your personal life that you believe that you're beyond reproach, that you're beyond the law because you view yourself as the law, that's when you get in trouble. More as it develops. Back tomorrow. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.